It's a grand old flag, it's a high-flying flag, it's the emblem for me and for you. It's the emblem of the team we love, the team of... Welcome to Little Birdie Podcast, a unique look into the world of sports betting from the eyes of professionals. I'm your host, Scoot, and I've got the kid, MG, in studio. Morning, Scooty. How are you? Final show of the year. Then it it's is. holiday time. Golf time. Yeah, and good timing too. Golf courses are just starting to open, we're here. So, uh, Toilets are closed though. <laughs> That's all right. You Can't go, go for a leak. Not going not gonna to worry the guys too much, I would have thought. Jeez. <laughs> Females that might be in trouble, but uh, that's all right. Play on. They can find an angle. They can find a way to get beat. Uh, the uh, the pollies down here in Melbourne, and uh, a little bit of a treat for everyone. We've got top rope, not only for the opening bounds. He's going to stay on all show and talk things all AFL and his favourite rugby league. Top rope, welcome from the outset. How good is this? <laughs> How good is this? The opening whistle. We're away. <laughs> Looks like I'm running the old double chin. Not surprising. Better fix that camera angle up. We're away. Oh, it's a uh, huge weekend sport. We've, uh, we've had the AFL Grand Final, the entree to the main course, and that's how uh, Top Rope considers it. The D's 57-point win. We'll talk about it first, and then we can talk about the Panthers and the Bunnies. It's going to be an outstanding Grand Final this Sunday night. But uh, let's talk about the D's first. Um, Top Rope, do you even watch the game? Be honest. Uh, uh, yeah, no, I, I did watch the game. <laughs> I, I even... Um, Realised that I didn't have an aerial connected to the TV, so I even went and purchased a, uh, purchased an aerial so we could watch it. So that's how committed I was to the game, and look, that's what it'll do to you when there's no when there's no rugby league on. You'll do some silly, crazy things, and uh, yeah, quite a spectacle. You said it was an entree. It was yeah, it was like having a yeah half dozen chicken crimpies before sitting down to a uh, a, a full lobster white uh, tablecloth dinner. <laughs> It was an interesting one. I thought the venue looked uh, absolutely spot on and yeah. the entertainment was, uh, it's always a point of conjecture. It looked like, I don't know, like a, a really poor medley. It looked like a dog's breakfast. The John Butler was there. They had all these artists. It was a bit of a miss. It was a mismatch, wasn't it? It was a shocker. But they... You know, <laughs> the AFL in terms of their entertainment actually rate that at the pointy end of their, uh, you know, their spectrum, I guess, over the last couple of decades, so... Um, it was. I think it was too much. I think they they had too many acts trying to get them all involved. Um, I don't know. I guess everyone put their hand up in WA that wanted to crack because they only get one one over there. It was a far cry from Tina Turner, and that's what I'm expecting this Sunday <laughs> night. What are the NRL going to do? Uh, top row. NRL's fine, but I'll tell you what. If you were going through a playlist of my most hated artists, from John Butler to Baker Boy, you you, you tick tick <laughs> absolutely apart. Well, whoever whoever was coordinating the affair over there, I'm not sure that they understand the word of the men coordinating because everyone was mismatched. Well, I thought the AFL Entertainment was just someone singing up there because with a guitar, <laughs> opening bounce. What happened to that? What happened to the old days? That was absolutely ridiculous. I did not realise Western Australia produced so many bland, vanilla, abhorrent artists. It was Wow, it really set it really set the table for uh, for the AFL Grand Final. Um, do you know what the NRL is going with this week, Scooty? Mossy from Cold Chisel. Simple <laughs> formula in the NRL. Go with Cold Chisel. <laughs> I don't so, mind it. It'll but, trump it anyway, it'll doesn't? <laughs> yeah, oh, and it's an absolute moral to get the job done. And uh, the night, uh, or the twilight grand final, it was uh, it was late when the game was kicking off over in uh, Melbourne. What did you think of it? I didn't like it personally. I'm a big day AFL grand final man, and I'm a lot soberer and I'm a lot clearer 
watching the, the full game, if it starts at two thirty or three o'clock, I'm a I'm a yeah. day man. I don't like the night. I don't like. I didn't like the change. I know. What do you think? Yeah. The, um. I, listen, it filled out the day okay because we, we we were enjoying our races for the first couple of hours, so it was filled in, and then we had the storm. storm Unfortunately, storm. that was a, a a disaster. So from that point of view, um. Yeah, it wasn't great, but uh, for the actual night time part of the grand final, I thought it looked good. You did, which I, we, I thought it would look good in the stadium, and it did. And uh, and, and I liked, you know, I didn't mind that the halftime entertainment went too long. The acts, we, we're never going to find good ones in the AFL. I just don't understand. Whoever keeps getting that job every year, they must be pushed into it because they just get donuts. But I, I don't mind the. I don't mind the actual night time because most of the finals through the final series are played at night, hmm. and then the grand finals actually, you know. The other way being played in the day, so um, I, you know, I agree with you. I prefer it in the day, but I, I, I'm not putting a, uh, a a shotgun to it for at night for me. What about uh, how long the NRL been going for the night uh, grand final top rope? A few years now. Uh, yeah, so they they kicked off. They started about 2000. Let me have a think back for 2001. Uh, they reverted back to a to a twilight grand final for probably. A, Half dozen dozen years, but uh, back at the nighttime grand final now. But, um, kid, I also prefer a daytime grand final for the AFL because going out of their way to clash with the Storm preliminary final, uh, probably yeah. ruin the Storm's chances. Probably they're a couple of hours underprepared. Uh, <laughs> very very disappointing. So, uh, yeah. also the inconsideration of clashing with the beginning of a Ryder Cup day too as well. Come on, AFL lift. Very very mm-hmm. important. So you would have rather seen the AFL during the day, uh, Melbourne Storm at night, and then the race is done on Sunday? Uh, yeah, to be honest, I would have rather seen the AFL grand final get pushed out to maybe a late November when there's not many sports on. <laughs> and that would have fit in nicely, to be honest. <laughs> Top row, you love the grand final. You, I mean, it was one of the highest scoring games for the year, so you were blessed that the only one you sit down and watch. You said, do we just uh, back I was, on the un- I was on the under, MG, so I wasn't happy at all. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing. Well, that's all right. It was a quick kill. You were done early. <laughs> it, it was a quick kill. It was a quick kill. Uh, now, nah, to be honest, so I, I, I didn't watch a lot of AFL growing up. We didn't really know it exists up here in Orange. Um, but I moved to Canberra in 2000, kind of got became a little bit acquainted with the game. And I remember the days when it would be like one-on-one, people jumping on backs, taking you know, what they call them, the specky, all that kind of stuff. That was like that was pretty entertaining <laughs> stuff, yeah? Fell in love with Richo. I remember some bloke, I think I spat at Danny Frawley or yelled at Danny Frawley. I thought, oh, I like Danny Frawley. He's a good fella. Got on board the Tigers. Uh, then things seem to have changed. Now, like, what you, it seems like as soon as the ball is the ground, there's 15 people around, like a game of under seven soccer, Pelicans fighting over a chip. And it doesn't sound like there's a lot of free-flowing AFL. I, yeah, based on the way the Ds played on Saturday night, it seemed like that was a pretty free-flowing game, so... Yeah, question mark. So, yeah, I know you talk about the state of the gamers all the time. I've got a few views on it. I've got a few views. It was interesting. Uh, let's talk about it in a little bit more depth now. And uh, they just got out to a shotgun start, the Ds, and they were they were slick. They looked good early. They were, were rattled the Bulldogs. They found a way out of the midfield. Their, their midfield got uh, motoring for probably 10 or 15 minute, minutes, got themselves back into the game. It was high scoring, but 
they just run out of puff and they I guess their preparation a lot of people thought that maybe the D's had not had the right miles in their legs but uh, obviously Darren Burgess is is yeah. critical to them and now I hear that uh, he's going over to Adelaide Crows so expect uh, a bit of a revival from the Adelaide Crows if they turn their fortunes around it that's probably going to be something that Darren Burgess led, leads but uh, I, I wasn't surprised I, I I thought Melbourne were a chance to run away with it and I thought that uh, yeah, they were, they just blew them out of the water and uh, the resistance. And I was a little bit disappointed, like you were, that doggies didn't try and um, bring a sort of physicality a physicality to the game early in the game. And it was a bit soft, wasn't it? It was very soft. And, uh, you know, looking back on the match as well, not for, you know, I mean, we preempted, preempted on last week's show and I'm still staggered now watching the replay that Luke Beveridge didn't send out any man, not one Melbourne player had his butt on the ground in the mm. first five minutes for a grand finals astounding. Like, you know, Top Rope talks about the differences in the games between NRL and AFL. You know, you see the first clashes of like a state of origin game and you'll see it on the weekend. You know, the hardest hits are always early. Early, yeah. And you've got to set the, of it. And you've got to set the tone. I know rugby league's a slightly different game, but in terms of the physicality, for for the Bulldogs to come out and not sit any Melbourne player on their pants early, uh, no wrestle, no scrap, no anything early, um, just set the tone for Melbourne. And, you know, they didn't try and take any energy out of them, put them off their game. Uh, you know, so I don't know. I'm a, I'm a, I was a bit shocked that the Bulldogs could actually sit back with a game plan and think that they could outplay Melbourne on mm. a on a soft-style game one-on-one because I don't think they had the class across the ground. They had to put them off, the, off their game at some stage. So, yeah, it was a disappointing element, but... As you said, Scooty, they worked their way back into it and uh, and Melbourne were second-guessing themselves. We've seen different interviews from players. Petrarca was one that caught my eye. He, he thought when Bont kicked that last goal to put him up 19 points mm. in front, he was walking back to the middle with Oliver and Gorn and basically said, you know, if we don't get the next one, um, we could be in all sorts here. And, they, you know, so self, self-doubts were there. Mm. But, uh, geez, when they flipped the gear, the Bulldogs, I mean, there wasn't a turning point in the game, I thought. There wasn't like an error or anything like that. The Bulldogs, just, uh, Melbourne steamrolled the Bulldogs really quickly. And uh, to a kick 16 of the last 17 is unbelievable. You mm. won't see that too often in a grand final. Even when the Max Gorn goal was disallowed, whether it was a goal or a point, I'm still not sure and we'll never know, I guess. But yeah. even then you sort of got the thought that, oh, that that could swing the game a little bit and the momentum of the game. But they just, yeah, they just couldn't pick up their feet. And Petrarca, the longer it went, um, the better. And his goal, his goal on the run uh, from deep inside that pocket, it would probably rival one of the goals of the year, and especially in the context of the match. Dacos like, yeah. It was amazing, Petrarca. He kicked the first goal, and then that, that Dacos like goal um, was incredible. And then he just went into beast mode. And poor old Bailey Fritch, he's ended up kicking six goals, and he's, he's found a Petrarca that's had 39 in absolute <laughs> beast mode. He's gone to a different level. And I think when we started this whole little birdie project, I was a big fan of Dugowie, but now it's 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 very evident that uh, Petrarca is the you know the elite player in the game at the moment, and he's sort of the the new like the next version of say a Dusty Martin. And the way that D's have I guess you know overcome their sort of fears and their confidence levels, it you know it dates back to probably the round twenty three game when they came back from the the dead I guess against the Cats. There was some soul searching there, it gave them the confidence, and then they the form side. Um, when you dig into it throughout the final series. And that's, I guess, yeah, the, how they put away the sides, um, especially the Cats, was was the key to me. And that's when I thought that that got over those mental demons. So it was, uh, you know, in hindsight, it's easy to, I guess, to find the Ds now. But um, 
It, it poses the question, are they now going to be a Tigers or a Richmond Tigers-like dynasty or is the is the bunch at the top too, too close? Brisbane Lions lost, you know, the centre forward line. Uh, the Dogs are going to just keep on improving. They've got a good um, spine. They've got good kids. They've got some good draft picks coming along. All, and all they need is really a Ruckman to to really counter yeah. some of the um, their deficiencies. A lot of factors go into it. Mm. Only time you can look back. I don't think you really preempt any kind of, uh, you know, unless you're, I guess, Melbourne Storm with Top Rope, you know, he keeps writing the same article year after year <laughs> with the uh, the preview for the Storm. But, you know, you know, we no one went out and said when Richmond broke their drought that they were going to be dominant for the mm. next three or four year stretch. Uh, with Melbourne, I mean, their profile. Brendan Gale kind of foretold it. Well, he did actually, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the, the wider betting market certainly didn't. Um, but I don't think, you know, if you look back over the last 20 years, you don't really pre in Brisbane has been going on there, run Geelong, then Hawthorne, and then Richmond. Melbourne may. They, I mean, they, they've got a young list. Um, they've got all the tools. They've got the do- most dominant ruckman in the comp, which stood out again. Mm. Um, as you said, you know, their bulls are young as well. So, you know, they won't have too many drop-offs and they've got some really young players. I mean, um, you know, the guy that played seven games this year and won it, you know, is still undefeated in his AFL life and picks up a, a premiership medal, um, you know, and, you know, they've got a lot going for them. And, uh, you know, when you said – you talked about Burgess before with his uh, – how fit he got Melbourne and they were able to run out the game. I think the other key was having Mark Williams, an assistant coach. Mm. Success follows that guy wherever he goes. Yeah. Um, and you never hear a bad word about him. Um, and Petrarca, I thought, again, in, in in his interview, he made a really good point that when the Bulldogs were under the pump, he came to the bench and Williams basically put his arm around him and said, this is your time. Mm. You know, we need to start winning it out of the middle because the Bulldogs were getting on top. And he basically sent Petrarca out there with, you know, it's go time for him. Um, and he obviously went out, related to the men in the middle and uh, – Unbelievable how many times they got it out of the middle so quickly and scored so quickly. The Bulldogs just couldn't lay their hands on the ball. So, um, you know, I, I just think Melbourne had it covered looking back at it, you know, um, on and off the field. Yeah. I think their only query that the betting market kind of had is maybe why they weren't so much supported is just whether mentally they could break mm, the drought. Get the job done. And that's, and that's allowed. We've, we've seen that with Sydney. We've seen that with Richmond uh, and the Bulldogs in 16 as well. So uh, congratulations to Melbourne. They were, uh, you know, Near the best side all year, and uh, on the on the biggest stage, they got the job done. Mm, and fantastic, they got it done over in Perth. Like they deserve to have the home final at the MCG, and uh, yeah, they're going to be definitely hard to beat next season. Uh, that is for sure. And I watched the game with uh, yeah a couple of people uh, outside, outdoors, uh, as we're allowed to uh, in Victoria. And um, the one, the only sticking point and the problem that I had with the umpires was that the, all the fans seemed to hate that was uh, where I was outdoors at the barbecue was this deliberate out of bounds. Uh, uh, it's still the rule that irks everyone and that needs addressing. Yeah, well, your mate OB. OB, and who's not here. He's he's, he's a tier one uh, exposure <laughs> site and he's tested negative, thankfully, so he's not joining us today. But um the but, deliberate out-of-bounds rule is still absolutely terrible. Like they played it consistently throughout the game, yeah. but it was the one blight on the grand final that I'd like to be erased from the game, and I understand it, and we covered it on yeah. last week's show, and we've, we've spoken about it to death, but it's still just complete garbage that the fans hate. Well, I think they just – that sounds like they're going to do it on the off-season, you know, from what OB said. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's obviously a bit of a crux for the fans and, and obviously the players and the umpires, so – um, you know, hopefully we'll see that tinkered with next year. But, uh, you know, just on the umpires, uh, you know, I know OB was building them up that these are the best umpires and whatever. I thought they they did a pretty good job. 
Um, I, know, I know it wasn't a um, probably a f- as physical game as people might expect. It was a bit free flowing, but uh, other than maybe the goal umpire with the Gorn one, I don't think they uh, there was too many bad or even you know queried um, decisions. I, I thought they did a good job overall. You, you Scooty, you love bashing the umps. No, I think they did a good job, and it's just the out of bounds rule that I've got. Yeah. That was the only problem, and then the only gripe, you know, oh, you know, I was, I was watching two Mel- you know, Melbourne and a Western Bulldogs uh, fan just go off off their melons at the whole game and the contest, especially to half time. It was fascinating to watch that, and the only problem that we had was this stupid out of bounds rule that's changed games. Yeah. Like, but with with the in the past, well, as top rope calls them with the refs, we we have the umpires, but. You're just never going to get the perfect game, right? No. There's always going to be some decisions in a in a game of league or AFL that, um, you know, there's going to be a sticking point or query. But the overall, I thought they did a good job. Um, you know, we've beaten up on the umpire several times this year and they've deserved their right whack. Um, but I thought they handled that that game very well. So hopefully for the league this week, top rope, that they do the same thing because they've had a few ordinary matches of late in the final series, your refs. I will not be party to any conversation where we are building up referees slash umpires. That you leave me out of that. I have no, no strong views on the game, but I'm sure the umpiring was abhorrent on the weekend. Um, <laughs> oh, jeez! Definitely cost the dogs and any other bet. Um, uh, no, the refereeing in the NRL is uh, at an all-time low for about the 115th consecutive year. I reckon um, it is. Uh, not only is the refereeing poor, the bunker is is completely abhorrent, but the clubs are just completely flouting the rules. What Penrith have got away with over this final series defies mm-hmm. belief. Now, and then for them to, to whack that trainer in the Parramatta game, 25,000. They had a trainer on there. The trainer's allowed to be on three times a half. They had a trainer on for 13 times, uh, Hayden Knowles, directing traffic. He was on with a walkie-talkie, which is also prohibited. Uh He's on the field of the walkie-talkie. And they're just going to keep doing this because, you know, they're just buying their way to a premiership. $25,000 fine here, $25,000 fine there. It, it, it's NRL has lost the plot with the way they've, they've, they've dealt with some of these issues and some of these matters. Uh, and it will absolutely – why would the Melbourne trainer – sorry, what the Melbourne, I'm talking out my – I'm, I'm rattled. It should be the Melbourne. I'm dreaming in Melbourne. Why would the South Sydney or, or Penrith trainer leave the field? Like – Bloody hell, go and take a crowbar out there and buddy take somebody who makes a break. What are you gonna cop? A thirty thousand dollar fine? Why not? Fourteenth man. Yeah. Yeah. Stupid. It's like you you uh, I don't know what it's like in those rules with trainers and stuff, but these these no namers have been given run of the run of the roost. They're having a huge impact on matches. Yeah. And why they're just allowed on the field is beyond me. Like, come on when the players hurt. Coming yeah. on a stoppage of play to get someone some water. That's it. Um, the, the AFL had that issue uh, a couple of years ago, top rope, with the runners basically just staying out there. And what mm-hmm. they did is basically yeah, in between well. goals, they were allowed out there. And same with the, like the uh, water water boy or girl, the trainers. But they only had that time allocated after goals and then they have to be back off the ground. So yeah, it's a bit like the 666. Yeah, they p- get paid a free kick. That's their only thing. But, um, yeah, and they're only allowed one, one runner now out on the ground. He can only go to – to deliver his message and then come back and and then the next runner goes. So, um, yeah, they that you know because they they got in the way a bit, didn't they? For a few mm. years. Oh, well, they were, they were flaunting the rules, so yeah. they had to outlaw it. So it's it's well, a similar. They're behind, the, they're behind the, the play, like directing the defences to where to go. Yeah, oh, it's so a that's what Hayden Knowles was doing. Like Alan Langer was you know, for a long time. There were a lot of ex players doing this. Alan Coaching. Langer, 
Well, the great half coaching all time was behind the Broncos line coaching. Yeah. Where yeah. you go? So yeah. they meant to. Only, did you say the rules are meant to be only three times a half? They're allowed on three the ground. Three times a half. Yep. Mm. Right. Yep. Okay. Well, this is just. It just steers us nicely into stinging a tail. We might skip forward here because it sounds like he's just getting a little bit shirty here. Top rope, so I might take advantage. And uh, what is going on with uh, the NRL at the moment? It's had a about a rough month. We'll just we'll just reel out a couple of issues. <laughs> Firstly, they bowed to the AFL pressure and moved the uh, the prelim, which uh, Storm have since lost. Then uh, we've had the uh, the runner gate, which uh, we're now speaking of, and now it's the Dally M. We talk about it every year. They can't even produce a proper event. They can't even. They haven't got the security to make it a gambling event. We love gambling and the Brownlow. We, it's one of the biggest betting events of the year. So they still can't even pull their socks up to get the security levels up. So they no, can't even have it on one night. Terrible. Was, <laughs> I mean, it, what kind of joke is that? It, it, it's and this it's an amateur run competition, and it's surprising that uh, we're allowed to bet on it, given how poor the NRL run things. And PVL, he topped it off. He can't even pronounce the players' names. He made me look good. <laughs> I will, I'll give the NRL this. It took a lot of effort to make the Dalliums from 2020 worse than the Dalliums from 2021, <laughs> and they've managed to do it. Like, it was truly mm. incredible. Like That is one of the great performances of the year. Having it on two nights was utterly stupid. Having it in about three different venues, probably you probably really couldn't help that. But to try to make it look like it was in one venue was utterly stupid. Uh, it was... So bad, the the non-reading of votes, the kind of naming five nominations is just beyond belief. And then to have uh, PVL come out and read votes for round 24 and round 24 only, <laughs> and he had to read six names. He's mispronounced three or four of them, <laughs> including the very easy to pronounce Josh, who he has called Oshe Alawai. <laughs> Like, if you are telling me the NRL that the world does not need Peter Valandis reading out three votes a game for 192 <laughs> matches with all these Polynesian names and difficult, yeah. uh, we are missing a huge opportunity. Bloke can't pronounce rugby right. So it's got to be absolutely <laughs> entertainment for the masses. And if you can bet on it, oh, wow. I'd be for a two night journey then. <laughs> that was a red two night journey. That was a red flag. He can't even – he calls it Rugby League. And then you're going to get this guy to read out the votes. Imagine in Victoria having Giles Thompson, the uh, the head of Racing Victoria, read out Brownlow votes. You just could it, – it just doesn't commu- like compute. It's yeah. beyond belief. But there he is. Do, I'll, tell, I'll, do they I'll f- tell you what, though. The, uh, the, the AFL is such a uh, – uh, what's the opposite of multicultural – uh, is it's such a non-multicultural game that you could probably get away with it. What about uh, the rugby league? Good luck to uh, good luck to anyone reading those out. What are you say, talking uh, about? We've got, we got players that play from America, Ireland. <laughs> We've had players from Canada. We've got players from Africa. I mean, I'm not sure what you're talking about multicultural. We got we got people from. Uh, where else it's are we not even a from? national, not even a national sport, and we've. we've I, I very much enjoyed the article, uh, the revelation about the uh, the founder of AFL. What's his name? Tom Wills? Tom Wills? Yeah. We've got AFL teams. We've got AFL teams in more states than league. You're, you're just lucky. You're just lucky Victoria blessed you with a Melbourne storm. 
We didn't have to partake. <laughs> it's, taken me, it's taken me all year to get MG fired up. We finally got a fight. <laughs> fin- finally flicked the switch. They, well, they, they found the right winner, though, didn't they, for the Dally M? All yeah. jokes aside, oh, sure. Tommy Turbo was by far and away the best player. They didn't fuck that yeah, up. He played like 15 games, too. It, it yeah. was incredible that he did win a Dally M off, off that. So, so is, that, uh, is, that one, is, is, that, is that one of the great uh, performances, like individual season-wise, the fact that he dominated like that and only played 15 games, or has there been plenty of instances I've, like I've that? I've never seen a playing. season like it. The only one yep. that kind of comes to mind, and I certainly hope Turbo's life ends up better than this bloke's, but uh, Jared Hayden, 2009. Mm, okay, uh, yeah. yeah. He made a huge run. I don't think he won the Dally in that year. He might have, he might have won class. He, he may have actually won. Um, it's, uh, he was just unbelievable for probably the last two-thirds of the season after Brian Smith got sacked uh, he, and uh, Jason Taylor took over. So uh, that would be the only thing that would compare. Yeah, that was unbelievable. Oh, well, maybe, maybe uh, you know, the AFL can help you out next year, Top Rope. Get on to your mate PVL and we will design a Dally M that we can uh, oh. both cover and bet on. <laughs> I'm fully on board. I'm fully on board. I think I wrote a piece in The Guardian in 2013 <laughs> talking about how the ARL need to be what the brown line. We've had three CEOs, four chairmen since. Nothing's changed. It's got worse. Wow. We're going to uh, do this show ad-free, so make sure if you're betting the ponies this week, uh, puntingform.com.au is Australia's best punting at form guide. So if you want sectional time breakdowns, make sure you check out puntingform.com.au and Top Sport is where you should be betting for the NRL Grand Final. These guys bet the biggest. And now it's time to talk Hall of Fame. Last week it was David Johnson of Ryder Cup Glory, and I tell you what, big daddy Fraser, he's still got the uh, the wood over you. They absolutely steamroll them. The Americans, they were just on fire. I think uh, some people are calling it the slaughter by the water. It was a demolition job, the Europeans, and uh, Rory McIlroy just left with uh, just tears and broken hearts. It was uh, It's a beautiful setting there on uh, Lake Michigan, wasn't it? Top rope. Uh, yeah, beautiful. With some straights, uh, one, of the, one of the more picturesque courses. Uh, mm. Yeah, big daddy, too good. Too good it was. Uh, it, it looked a one goal from the first session. It mm. absolutely was. Uh, may have been a little bit persuaded by the heart there rather than the head. But so, um, no, well done to, to, to the Americans. They were... Far more likable this, this time, and, I, and no Tiger, no Phil seem to have a pretty positive impact on how how they play. This new generation might be a bit hard for the Europeans to to wrangle in over the next little bit. So, uh, look, wasn't the greatest of Ryder Cups, but it was uh, thoroughly enjoyable. Mm. And uh, we're talking about the Hall of Fame here, and it's someone who does something amazing for the punt. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, it was our man Nick Tedeschi who started the NFL season with his To The House package absolutely on fire. Another winning weekend, so he's airborne. 22 bucks a week if you want to bet NFL with him. And uh, he joined Cam Munster, who's probably uh, the president of the Hall of Fame. And poor old Cam Munster and uh, Hectic Cheese, haven't they found themselves in hot water? NRL, they do it every uh, season. It's a scandal, bubbler after the next. And uh, poor old uh, Munster and Cheese, I tell you what, when it came out, there was a storm scandal brewing. And uh, I think Kittens have got a Brisbane... Uh, office, so it wouldn't surprise me. It was a good, was a good they, Hall of Fame party, wasn't it? This? Well, they would have just been warming up for their preseason. So if Kittens is closed in Melbourne, I'm tipping the one in Brizzy is still open for business. So they would have just been thinking that they're just going through their preseason uh, gears, so to speak. But um, <laughs> who is uh, who is this week's Hall of Fame uh, nominee? Who we got for the Hall of Fame? I'd nearly nominate the Melbourne Footy Club. Fill up for me. Fletcher Asia's back. Fill up for me. Just dropped his September results. There. What is it? Twenty six percent up forty units for September. It was a dollar per 
per week. Fletch Asia, Hong Kong, Cranji. Bang. Get amongst it. It's back on Friday as well, so make sure you check that out. 22 bucks a week. Everything's 22 I've, I've got something to say about Fletch Asia. I'm seeing yeah. a lot of Funabashi on a Tuesday and whatnot. Come on. Come on, Fletch Asia. Let's, let's expand the <laughs> <laughs> I want Fletch Asia every day. Is that good? Do I need the punters something to bet on. Funabashi on a Monday. That's what the punters need. I wouldn't put it past Fletch, to be honest. They, I want South, they can find a winner anywhere. I want South Korea. Tentacles. We need to get some South Korea. What a track. Everybody gets a run on the sand track. Straights, the straights are kilometre long. <laughs> I'll tell you what, death for the leaders. Death for the leaders. It's uh, yeah. and, and soul. That's not what you want to see. That's our next investment. Do, mm, is, okay. Does Top Rope have a winner for the Hall of Hall Fame? Of Fame is he know. announced I, that or is it one what, Top, nomination? Top Sports promo was good last week. It was only 50 bucks, but $5 for Bont or Petrarca. So there was a fair few people that clicked through that off our uh, email last Friday. So yep. they've snapped up an absolute gift, Petrarca and Bont, at three-quarter time. You've uh, yeah, right. uh, signed away. Bont was favourite, yeah. Oh, yeah. Home you went. That was a, one of the easiest watch. watch. Who you got this week for the Hall of Fame? Top rope, anything. He doesn't. He doesn't have a name, so we're going to call him. Um, <laughs> we're going to call him Ryder Cup punter, uh, Ryder Cup multi punter. But this is be hard to invite to the end of season party, isn't he? <laughs> oh, don't worry. Cam Munster will find him. Cam will find him. We'll have a good time. Uh, this bloke on day three of the Ryder Cup had an eight dollar twelve leg. Uh, as they call parlay multi over here. Kepka to Shambo. Berger, Johnson, Westwood, Thomas, Cantlay, Scheffler, Poulter, yeah. McElroy, a tie in Spieth and Fleetwood, a tie in Morikawa and Hovland. He's walked away with 966,290. Yeah. And you deserve it for finding that. Wow. How many bets to, to take? To find two ties. To find two ties in that. Holy That's crazy. Moly. You just got to dare to dream, don't you? That's crazy. Okay, so oh, unidentified yeah. Ryder Cup we- multi-man, you're into the Hall of Fame. <laughs> we, 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 might thought, we might be able to dig his name out soon enough yeah, so, I'll be someone, honest, my research will, wasn't that great this week Someone will know him and find him We'll get him on the show to kick off next year You can tell him how, tell us how he spent the cash He joins Mattress Mac, the cash out king yeah. There's a few uh, American punters now that uh, the betting's opened up over in the States So he joins an illustrious stable of, of punters That's monster. for sure in the uh, little birdie hall of fame I'll tell you what, it just sounds like we're uh, off the rails on this show I think we need to start previewing some uh, rugby league games Or let's review the games first Let's uh, before we uh, dine into the main event or the main course, let's uh, talk about the Rabbits and Manly. That was probably, for me, the emergence of, of Taff, isn't it? Like, he's Latrell out, and it sort of galvanised the Rabbits, I feel. And now Taff, a, a nice uh, pass to set up a try. I thought uh, he's looking the goods. They're, they look steady, the Seas. I'd love to give you a full assessment, Scooty, but uh, Orange came out of lockdown at uh, midday on Friday and I was at the pub about three hours later. So uh, by the time the game rolled around, not helped by the delay to Manly, uh, yeah, saw a couple of games, to be honest. Uh, but South did look good. <laughs> South did look good. Uh, I think Taft's fitting in nicely there in that he, he he's not overplaying his hand, which I think is a really, really important thing to do. Like, he, he's not trying to be the chill. Yeah, he's he's getting involved in the catching pass and being reliable. Kind of Cody's taking a more playmaking role, bigger than he already was. So, uh, and I also like that with Taft, they do seem to be able to attack the left and the right with kind of equal vigor. With Latrell, they were very much coming down that left side. So, mm. uh, I think Taft's feeling nice. So I think if you're taking 
would you rather South preparation, where they've kind of played a couple of games, uh, the last one was pretty easy, would you rather kind of be battle-hardened, like parents have been, been involved in some brutal wars, I'd, I'd rather be on the south side of the, the preparation, fresh. that's for sure. Well, we just saw how it uh, washed out in the AFL, and, yeah, I'd rather be on the uh, the, the fresher side at this stage. And, yeah, a couple of act, act of, acts of God to, uh, for the Panthers. But I guess talking about Manly for a, uh, a moment, we've obviously got Turbo with the, the Daly M. How can Manly improve looking into next season? What do they need? Yeah, so we're Manly are probably... Probably lacking. It's, they've tried to build a side like the Storm in terms of they've gone very top heavy. They've invested in kind of three or four kind of superstars and try to kind of put some bits and bobbers around them. I haven't probably got the coaching of Bellamy, which is no knock on house. So he's done a great job there. Uh, but they probably then haven't been able to bring through those players. So they obviously need to, their centers are an absolute mess at the moment. But defensively, both their edges are very easily exposed. Um, Josh Schuster and Olakowato. Uh, both very, very good players, very, very good ball runners, but a bit questionable defensively. So, uh, look, they're probably going to improve in them in, naturally in terms of they'll take a lot of confidence this year. They're probably overachieved to, as to where most thought they would have been at the start of the year. So I, I, I think there's some natural improvement coming to it. They're probably going to start looking at improving their centres and improving their defence on their edges. All right, let's talk about the Storm and the Panthers game. MG, you were, uh, you were flat as attack. Yeah, it was a big build-up all year. Uh, definitely thought we were on the right pony. Uh, trying not to celebrate too early, but, geez, that was just a it was a blowout game, wasn't it? I just can't even describe how bad it was. And I see Bellamy's already binned it because it was just so unlike Melbourne Storm. Just couldn't hold the ball at all. And it was just uh, – it's almost like, you know, you couldn't believe it was happening that they could play so bad. And uh, – Yet they were still in the game, so yeah, I, I like top rope how he's coming with on the south part because I don't think Penrith have played that well for a while now. You know they were, could have easily gone against him in the para game. Mm. Mel, Melbourne, Storm, oh easily Melbourne Storm, it was all on them more than Penrith winning the game in my opinion. Um, and I think if South come out, play the way they're playing, and and don't make the errors at Melbourne Storm and stuff, Penrith are going to have a hard time holding out the bunnies. Mm. I mean, I, I'm not. I don't know, Top Rope. What do you think? I, I just think Penrith's attacks kind of um, disappeared of late. Like it's it's their defense is unbelievable. Um, you know, you can't question that bit. But I'm I'm just not sure if the Bunnies can can crack the Penrith defense. And I know that's hard to do. I'm not sure Penrith have got the points to go with the Bunnies if all th- if all things are even. Penrith were lucky to get away with it. Oh, in the in the final two or three minutes of the game, I I thought Penrith were going to get beat. I thought the Storm could still run them down despite dropping everything. It seemed like every time they went forward the Storm, they'd fumble the ball or almost fumble it. Oh, it was the most unlike Storm yeah. match I've seen for years. It was disgusting. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you what, from the videos that emerged on on, on Monday, uh, I'm good. I would hazard a guess and say that was Friday night before the game, not Saturday night after the game, based on uh, based on the way they uh, were catching. I've never seen the storm drop so much pill. Uh, it was very unstorm like, but kind of it did come home a little bit to roost. I know there's not an un, un, unlimited salary cap, but the lack of investment in the outside backs like really kind of reached some boards. Like George Jennings dropping that ball. Off the start, yeah, he was in because Lumi Lumi was horrible the week before. Lumi Lumi was in because Ariema was horrible the week before. So they kind of they, they kind of lucked out with Vunavala and a few others who have come through the ranks. But 
Yeah, no knock on all of them. He made the Dalian team of the year pretty solid year, and he, he had an absolute shocker. But some of those outside backs were a problem. But Munster, I've never seen Cameron Munster play worse than he did on, on Saturday. He was awful. Harry Grant, who's been outstanding all year, mm. uh, he, he was taking wrong options left, right and centre. And for the first time, I reckon they were actually missing Cameron Smith. And that's no knock on Cameron. I love Cameron, great player, I think, that, that he was saying. But... They just rolled on. They kind of accepted he was gone. They rolled on pretty nicely. When the kind of pressure was on, there was a lot of panic in that side, which you don't see from Melbourne. So uh, it was just point. I think you're 100 right. I think they were there to be taken. Penrith at the end. I think they mm. were. Uh, they invited Melbourne in time and time again. Melbourne just couldn't take it. Melbourne just but, could not handle it. So um, yeah, I look, we were heavy on them all year. They've been good to us all year. I thought they'd kind of clip back into form that first week of the finals, but, yeah, just wasn't to be. So, uh, real disappointing end. And, and they would have gone in, oh, I think they would have gone in kind of six and a half point favourites if they'd won that game against South. Mm-hmm. I think they would have they, they would have won it pretty easily against South. They've got a tremendous record against them. So, uh, very disappointing. Lost a lot of sleep over it. Uh, and not because of uh, celebrating with Munster or Smith either, so. <laughs> the injuries in the first half, it's, it definitely took the sting out of them to mount a comeback uh, late in the game. Losing cheese was bad. Yeah. And Welsh was no good either. So yeah, Welsh. They're probably Welsh, their, two, yeah, yeah. their two big energy forwards mm. with a quick leg movement that can get them going. That's how Nelson and Tui Kamikamika and the like take full advantage, and Harry Grant as well. Of those quick play the balls, they get the big body coming in next. They get up and get a quick play the ball. Grant takes off. Losing that. Really, really hurt them. Cheese just brings an energy about him. So, yeah, so everything that could have gone wrong did go wrong. Yeah, and right. lost mm-hmm. by four points, but you know what? Loss is a loss. Nine straight wins means nothing when you're losing a prem. Finnecane, Fox, Adokar, does that dampen your spirits for Storm next season, or is Bellamy just too good? I haven't got that far yet. It won't dampen it too much. Hines, the Hines happened in situation was a weird run, right? It was like you had too many, too many goodies to play with. So, I, um, I think Pappenhausen would be just better without Heinz breathing in his neck and Heinz loves a good year too. Uh, Ado Carr is really weakening up that, that outside back contingent and, yeah, I think it was the right decision by Storm to let him go because of the money he'll command. But, uh, yeah, it's a worry for the Storm what they're going to do with their outside backs. Is they, they have probably nobody in the club other than all who you really consider a, a legit starter there. Uh, Finnecane, he'll be easily replaced. He's, he's a veteran, he's a very good player, but he's kind of dime a dozen, so he'll be right. All right, let's put a positive spin on this now and let's have a look at uh, the big dance. I uh, I keep saying it because a lot of people hate uh, when uh, people call it the big dance, but it's the grand final this Sunday at Suncorp. Palaszczuk will let the game go ahead. Don't worry, she loves cash, so there's no <laughs> doubt that uh, it's, it's sort of like OB last week. It was just not going anywhere from uh, Optus Stadium last week and it won't be the same, won't be a venue change here. They love the cash. Suncorp Stadium, Penrith Panthers, $1.68 at Top Sport. South Sydney Rabbits, two twenty six. The line three and a half and uh, the total's been on the move. I think it's been 39 and a half to 37 and a half already and the under again is into 180 here. Okay, hammer at home at top rope. Tell us why we're betting the South. Yeah, look, we talked about it earlier. Parents had a very, very difficult preparation. Uh, I'm I'm just not sure they're going to The defence has obviously been very, very good, but it's got four tries in three weeks. Right? I don't know. I, I, I like the Bennett v. Clear edge and the coaching battle. Yeah, 
just not only means a lot to Bennett, he's a hell of a lot smarter than Bennett. And I, I kind of feel that Bennett might get a bit overcooked this week. A few injuries at the Panthers. I know Dylan Edwards is, is carrying injury. Kavita Pangai Jr. wasn't named. South's relatively healthy uh, heading into this one. Uh, look, South are very good as outsiders. Penrith have not played that well outside of Sydney at all So for a long time. So uh, I think uh, South's a pretty good value here. Uh, favourites also have a very poor recent record in grand finals. So I'm happy to be on the bunnies this one. Mm. Penrith uh, have covered 9 of 27 interstate and just 4 of 12 off a win. Yeah, Top Row's been saying that for a while. Penrith aren't any good out of New South Wales. Mm. He's been ringing in that. So uh, hopefully for this week, by the sounds of it, South. So as the key here for South to come out uh, and put points on early, I think you're tipping it. It's going to be a low-scoring game. But does South try and score quickly or do they have to just hang, hang into the match and hopefully overrun them in the second half? Yeah, South have got to grind this one out, much like they did in the opening game here. They've just got to not let Penrith get away. Penrith are, Penrith are nearly impossible to run down when they're in front. But if Penrith jump out to a 12 0 lead, South aren't winning. Like, mm. Full stop. Penrith have to, like, what South do on a scoreboard, kind of irrelevant. They just can't let Penrith get away from them. So uh, I, I really, I, I love the under in this game. I, I can't believe the total opened up 40 and a half. I can't believe it's 38 yeah. and a half now. I, can't, I don't think it's going to last. The under. Has hit in eleven of the last fourteen deciders. But games typically, classically, in recent times, have ended up in the twenties uh, in the NRL Grand Final. So uh, last year, yeah, there was a flurry of points late, and that game went over. But it was looking like it was an under game for all your money for, for most of the game as well. Penrith scored four tries in three weeks. Mm. Uh, the last time these two teams met, there was twenty six points scored. Five of the last six between these two have gone under the total. I, I don't. Yeah, you know, South's a bit of a great scoring team all year. I don't I don't see a Wayne Bennett side coming and trying to put on thirty in the grand final. It just kind of would be anathema to what, what you try to do to win the decider. Bennett's not gonna do that. I, I think, you know, they'll be looking for a couple of tries and kind of winning the big moments here. So love the under and think if Souths are gonna win. The longer this game is kind of a one score game either way. The more South through. All right, let's have a look at the Clive Churchill medal. Uh, odds courtesy of Top Sport and uh, Nathan Cleary. No surprise, his favourite $4. Cody Walker, 7 Cam Murray, 10 Damien Cook, $12. Karosi, uh, Kerasau, $13. Yeah, oh, $13. <laughs> Adam Reynolds, uh, $14. Luai is 14 Brian To'o, MG's man, $26. Kurt Catewell, 26 Dylan Edwards, 31 And James Fisher-Harris, uh, 31 I think uh, there's been a bit of money for uh, Brian. He's been 50s into $26 there. But um, thoughts here, uh, is it hard to bet around the uh, favourites, Cleary and Walker, traditionally? Uh, yeah, so there's a kind of profile that wins the, the, the Churchill medal. Uh, you need to be a rep player. You probably uh, need to be from the winning side. You probably need to be a half, and you definitely cannot be an outside back. No outside back centre or winger has ever won uh, the award. No hookers won the award since 2006, and hookers, yeah, that includes a lot of Cameron Smith games, so a uh, bit of a surprise edge there. So, look, if Penrith in the game, it would be hard-pressed going against Cleary for $4, and probably, if you like Penrith, the $4 is probably they. Um, so can't argue with that. I, I, I couldn't be jumping... Too much in. I couldn't be having Dylan Edwards all over at footy. Kind of Coruscant as a hooker. Uh, I'm looking a bit wide. Joe Fisher Harris 
is a guy who makes an impact uh, through the middle. His minutes are a slight over there and also carrying a bit of an injury. Uh, Luai, not the worst at $15, but not overly excited about that. On the south side, a couple of good bets here. Uh, Cody stands out, but it's short enough for mine, not jumping into him. Going to have Adam Reynolds. I think you can get about $17 Reynolds. I'm not sure he was at, uh, with, uh, with Toppy there. But, uh, yeah, in the 14. Um, in the 14. He's um, halfback. Halfbacks have a tremendous record. He is a great kicker. In a low-scoring game, the kicking is going to stand out. He is capable of producing a very good moment. And his game management is, is second to none. So, um, And you know if this is close and he kicks the winning field goal, he's going to get it. So I think it's great day there. And one of the squilling the one, I don't even think it was on the board there, Tom Burgess. I think he's about 80 to 1. Yeah. A uh, little, little something for those who don't mind a little bit of Ric Flair. Um, we've, uh, he played for England. He stands out. Everyone knows Tommy Burgess. He's, he's been a tremendous meter eater of late. He, he's top 202 of his last three games. So uh, I, I think that's uh, where, yeah, he's, he's he's not the worst. His minutes are a big worry, but if he kind of gets on, he can score a try. So it wouldn't be beyond Tom Burgess to win a Churchill. Mm-hmm. What's the uh, what's the injury update top rope on uh, Reynolds? He, he he took a bit of time to warm up in the in the last match with uh, he didn't kick early and then he started to kick uh, was it just before half time or just after it? So is he is he overcome yeah. that injury fully now? Yep, no no concerns. Uh, no, hasn't overcome the has not overcome the injury fully, but he will be needled to the eyeballs to play. So okay. uh, I'm not overly worried about it. It was kind of came on late last week. Yeah. Um, and probably didn't have the full time to prepare with it. I, I, I think I, I don't think he's going to play a huge part in the physical side of the game. I'm sure Perrin will, will be trying to target him. He, he, he doesn't traditionally do a lot of running on the ball to the line. It's not his go. I think we're going to see. I think he'll be able to kick fine. I think that's the most important thing. How, how many tries? I mean, we saw at uh, Bailey Fritch kick six and missed out with Petrarca on fire, but uh, Brian Toto. Uh, AJ Taff or say a Benji Marshall or a Gags. How many how many tries do they need to score to to win the medal, or is it just not possible? Oh, no outside backs winning a medal doesn't matter how many tries you score. Yeah, you know, it might help if you're a fullback and can mm. get over the line. Uh, either score three tries a week or score three tries, they're not going to get the medal. Uh, Michael Robertson did it in 2008. Uh, they just don't win. It. They just do not win the award. So uh, I'd be I'd be stunned if if anyone. Uh, if, if any winger, including Brighton, Toto, got the award. What about first try scorer? Are we covering that? Who, who's yeah, your pick? Got, any, got, any got spec? one there I like you. Yeah, I like yeah. it. Uh, Get into it. <laughs> I like um, Jackson Paulo out on the right edge. There's a lot of talk about AJ on the left for South. Right. Uh, South is with Taffin, so I've been going right a lot more of late. Uh, he's got nine. He's got five tries in five finals games. He's got nine tries in 13 games this year. He got a double last week, so he's scoring a lot at the moment, Paulo. I think he's a bit of value at that side. So you can get about two, I think he's 250 anytime. Mm. Yeah, he's uh, $12, is, $12 uh, for the first try. $12 for the first try, so there you go. All right, like it. AJ's uh, $2.12 for an anytime. So uh, if you like the bunnies, maybe AJ's the way to go. And uh, Marksman Brian Tottle was $2.02 if uh, you're playing in the any times. We've been uh, having mini fill-ups on those along the way. And uh, a bit of a hat tip from me, uh, Top Ropes GGOA throughout the season. He's uh, he's won at 4.57%, uh, so he's got his nose in front for the uh, 
for the year, which is good. So he's been uh, on fire lately in the uh, the finals. So hopefully for uh, for my bunnies, and uh, I've got a big contingency of uh, South Sydney friends. Ob does a show, obviously. Sess, who's having a uh, rough trot up in Sydney. Hopefully uh, the bunnies can get over the line there, and Jezza and all the boys up in Sydney. Uh, this is, uh, it's amazing. All the uh, the bunny supporters that you know that come out of the woodworks. Johnny Walter, friend of the show, also he'll be there. He'll be one of the few people that we know at the game, given it's uh, up in uh, Queensland. And uh, oh, there'd be a lot of guys. Even top rope, top there'd be rope. a lot of guys contemplating getting the chopper in or trying to find a way across that yeah. border or getting a boat and going around. Or there'd be just some hijinks. So we heard, we saw it happen in Perth. So I wouldn't put it past uh, a similar type of scandal. And my mail is. Uh, the demons bloke who uh, who runs the bar is he's got dobbed in by a wag, a disgruntled wag has dobbed dobbed him in. So I think that's a, a demons player. That's a sounds like a story for another show. Mm. <laughs> anyway, his top rope sending down his chopper to pick you up for the uh, <laughs> for the grand final, or hasn't <laughs> offered yet. No, nothing from top rope. Nothing. No, <laughs> oh, he's, he's left you off the guest list. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Well, I will be watching uh, the grand final Stone Cold Sober from uh, my oh. surrounds in Orange. Uh, very uh, very low rent this year. It's uh, um, just happy there's a grand final to be played, mm. to be honest. Yeah. It's been a uh, tough couple of uh, couple of years. And uh, it's funny to think, uh, little birdie show. We've uh, we've done all of our four episodes in two years under COVID restrictions. So it's a uh, real big it's just a funny time that we're living in but a uh, big thanks to topsport.com.au and punning form they're uh, great supporters of ours and hopefully uh, we've given you some insights that are just not generic or run-of-the-mill um, we're allowed to tip winners on the show and uh, we try and look at it from a different angle so you guys at home can learn a little bit more about how we think about betting and uh, we do that across all our shows our bet doctor shows our third and long and uh, we offer a a, un- or a different perspective rather than just uh, try and tip the obvious every week. We don't always get them right, but hopefully we've improved your punting journey. And a big, yeah, big thanks to the Mellahans and Shane Baker and uh, Heath and the boys from uh, Punting Form. It's been a, a great season too. And uh, we'll be back on deck uh, next year and uh, get stuck into it again. But um, yeah, and a big shout out to our AV guy too for uh, making us look good when we're picking our nose off camera. And yeah. Uh, oh, editing out all our errors and our furphy so big thanks to uh borco as well uh he does a great job uh cutting it all up so uh that's a uh, a wrap from us for the season hopefully we can get the bunnies home and uh it's going to be uh, a fascinating grand final can't wait we we'll, we will be i think uh, outdoor barbecues down here is that the is that the go for some picnics we're allowed picnics i don't know what we're allowed to do can't can't have a slash when we go for golf so in, uh, enjoy your freedoms up there, top rope, and uh, let's uh, hope the bunnies can get it done. I know you're pulling Penrith's tail. Go, you bunnies. Fantastic stuff. All right, make sure uh, you check out Bet Doctor. The racing is heating up for the Spring Carnival, and uh, it's going to be a cracking show this week and also uh, third and long, the NFL stuff. So if uh, you are keen to bet NFL in the off-season to get you through, um, there's plenty of winners to be had there. And as I said, uh, Top Rope is on fire. But uh, that's a wrap from uh, our sports show for the year. And uh, thanks, MG. It's been uh, it's been fun, and uh, we'll catch you uh, next year. See you guys. (laughs) See ya. (laughs) 